The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. The Taoiseach has said the full potential of the Good Friday Agreement has yet to be realised as he continues his St. Patrick's Day trip to Washington, D.C. Last night, the leaders of the fine main parties in Northern Ireland were guests at the Ireland Funds Dinner in the U.S. capital. And joining them was our political correspondent, Sean Defoe, who joins me now. Sean, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Hey, you're very good to stay up late, or, or have you just got up early? <laughs> It's an it's an early get up. So uh, late night gig last night, and it is I think five a.m. five six a.m. So <laughs> now last night but I'm always pressed to get very short to you, Pat. You know, <laughs> you're very kind. Um, it was one of the big set pieces of the Thesics, uh trip. So tell us uh, what happened. Yes, yeah, so this was the Ireland Funds dinner. I have to admit, I was a little bit nervous going to this Ireland Funds dinner because the last two times I was at it, you know, you get to a sort of point in the night where it's. It's 2, 3 a.m. Irish time and the, you know, the filing of news back is done and you think, oh, maybe it's safe to have a little glass of wine. The last two times that it did that, uh, Donald Trump in 2020 announced that he was closing the borders and uh, Leo Varadkar was whisked away to hear a briefing from Neffet and the next morning closed the country. And then the same time last year, Micheál Martin uh, got COVID and got whisked away from the thing. So it's been a very dramatic event the last two years. I wasn't really sure what to expect. Nothing of that magnitude happened uh, this time, fortunately, and it kind of sort of went off. But the... The big focus this year, and certainly the big focus last night, because this is a, a gala event that's attended by a huge amount of fundraisers, huge amount of Irish-American expats, a lot of businesses and things like that. It's raised over 600 million euro over the last 30 years, primarily for charities in Northern Ireland. So the big focus obviously was on 25 years of the Good Friday Agreement, because there's a certain ownership that American politicians and American businesses feel um, of that, having you know either donated to causes or maybe been involved uh, in some of the different talks that got on. So a lot of the, the week has been around trying to celebrate Good Friday, but also push on maybe the return, resumption of power sharing in, in Northern Ireland. Uh, and most of the different speeches and most of the different speakers have been quite conciliatory, save one in particular last night. The US Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer uh, gave definitely the most interesting speech uh, last night, urging the DUP to back the Windsor framework and to, to go into power sharing, but also, you know, quite partisan really gave a very very strong welcome to Michelle O'Neill the first minister Jessica in the Northern Ireland uh, at the top without mentioning any other particular politicians uh, and had this particular clip which I think people will find quite uh, colourful about uh, about Ireland about how Ireland is getting on and a particular shout out to the rugby team. It's an honour of course to share the stage with Taoiseach Leo, Vla- Leo Varadkar. So good to see you again Taoiseach and congratulations on your thunderous Irish national rugby team that is running wild in the Six Nations tournament. And greetings, of course, to Northern Ireland's history-making First Minister-elect, Michelle O'Neill. I want to thank Mr. Varadkar and the people of Ireland for standing up with the rest of NATO alliance in supporting the people of Ukraine against the evils of Vladimir Putin's unprovoked immoral and illegal invasion. Of course, this should come as no shock, as the Irish people know a thing or two about unwelcome intruders. Just ask those fishermen in Cork who chased off the Russian Navy. I think if he sent the rugby team over to Ukraine, this thing might be over in a week. Feeble enough attempts at uh, humour there by uh, Chuck uh, uh, Schumer. How did the DUP react to Michelle O'Neill getting a star billing? 
uh, yeah, not not massively well, as you can imagine. And uh, Chuck Schumer having just suggested we were members of NATO and then also sending the rugby team to Ukraine a few minutes later back to Mayo for Sam for whatever that's worth. So, you know, that's the kind of American humour you're, yeah, you're no, dealing it, with. It, it. You know, what's happening there is he's got uh, someone in his office who's in touch with Ireland. And, you know, what are the big stories in Ireland at the moment? Well, the Six Nations uh, this weekend, a huge number of refugees coming to Ireland. Uh, uh, Mayo haven't won Sam because of the curse and all the rest of it you know talking points but jumbling them all together in a mishmash it's just tonally all wrong you could feel the frantic Googling that went on during the week in order to to make the speech, you know, coming together. But it, it was particularly interesting because later on in the speech, he did get into it, like a little bit more substantive stuff. Obviously, the Northern Ireland stuff uh, with power sharing, uh, very much engaging the DUP to go back into it. And it was an interesting table. You know, if it was any table you wanted to earwig on last night, it was one that the five major parties were at because they were all sitting together. Michelle O'Neill, two seats over from Jeffrey Donaldson, two seats over from Doug Beatty, two seats over from Colin Eastwood and Naomi Long uh, as well, you matter what the, the dinner discussion was like there, but uh, as you say, Jeffrey Donaldson not exactly massively impressed that this was the tone mm-hmm. of thing and that it was all very sort of nationalistic. He said uh, on Schumer's speech last night, he said, the real power rests of the people of Northern Ireland. I'd urge the senator to read some history books and maybe he'll learn a little bit more about what really happens. Mm-hmm. So how much of this St. Patrick's Day trip for the Taoiseach is going to be dominated by the 25th anniversary of Good Friday? Uh, a huge amount, an absolute huge amount. It's the talking point at every event that you go on, every single speech, every single speaker. And that's going to be picked up this morning as well, or later on this morning, the Taoiseach is attending an event with uh, Hillary Clinton, which is very much focused at remembering all the different women who were involved, the Women's Caucus, obviously, in Northern Ireland, uh, Monica McWilliams, Liz O'Donnell, all the people who were involved in, in, in the framing of the Good Friday Agreement at Georgetown University. And uh, the tone, I think, the, the Taoiseach's tone has been very, very careful because whenever he's been asked about the framework in the context of Good Friday, you know, is there a little bit of political bravery maybe that needs to be happening here? He's just he's just very much steering away, saying we need to give the, the DUP time, we need to give them time to consider it and, and to hopefully come on board. And his speech last night was quite interesting because it very much focused on the role that America had 25 years ago. And also... The bits of the Good Friday Agreement that haven't necessarily worked or haven't necessarily lived up to their full potential. Here's what he had to say. I believe that it would never have been possible without the support of our friends here in the United States, including many of the people in this room. And in many ways, I believe that America is the third co-guarantor of that agreement. 25 years on... 25 years on, Northern Ireland is a very different place. Yes, it has its problems, everywhere does. And it has yet to live up to the full promise of Good Friday, April 1998. But it is unquestionably a better place than it was. And there are so many opportunities available to people young and old that were unimaginable for too long. And we want to build on those achievements and create a permanent legacy of prosperity, freedom, and hope for people in Northern Ireland. This noble mission is helped significantly by the work of the Ireland Funds. But we have to do more. Many communities live apart. It's a cold, not a warm peace. In some cases, separated by enormous peace walls, and children are educated in schools where they rarely meet anyone from a different community, often play different sports, consume different media, as well as going to different churches on a Sunday. We made the peace, and now we need to make it real and enduring 
by building new communities of hope that interact and intermingle much more. Uh, that's Im- impressive stuff uh, from Leah Varadka there. Obviously, he's got a very good speech writer. And the next stages begin with um, a government back in Northern Ireland. So what kind of pressure is Jeffrey Donaldson facing in the United States to sign up to the Windsor framework? It's sort of interesting tonally because there, there's a little bit of a sense that has been creeping in of deal done, that, you know, the, the deal has been done between the UK and the EU, that they're not going to go away from it or reopen it again after all the trouble that we got here. And, and you even got, I thought there was a sense of that by the meeting of Rishi Sunak and Joe Biden. But the unionists, of course, haven't signed up to this Windsor framework at all yet. And Jeffrey Donaldson is saying that there are still problems with it. He said that the British government needs to go further, needs to dig deeper and ensure that they get a deal that is is future-proof. But the sense seems to be talking to people on the, the British side that they think that is something they can do without reopening the agreement fully, that there maybe there could be legislation around the likes of the Act of Union, things to sort of bring them on board. But in that room last night, I mean, a penny for Jeffrey Donaldson's thought because there was huge pressure from the, the US majority leader in the Senate there, also um, from from other people, from other big speakers in, in the area to actually go and back this deal. Whereas those who are a little bit closer to it, the likes of the Taoiseach, the likes of the Northern Ireland Secretary, Chris Heaton Harris, who I caught up with yesterday as well, saying maybe we just need to give them a little bit more space. Here's what the, the Northern Secretary in particular said when I asked if there needed to be a, a bit of a spirit of Good Friday of the, you know, what Tony Blair and Bertie Hearn and all those did in maybe stepping up and putting their careers on the line to get this done, if that spirit needs to bleed a small bit into today. There was a time 25 years ago when some surprising figures uh, did step up. Um, and spent a lot of their political capital to bring peace and stability to Northern Northern Ireland uh, through the Belfast Good Friday Agreement. Now, the Windsor Framework is not in that that space at all. This is a completely different time, a completely different context. Um, And the politicians of Northern Ireland are rightly asking the correct questions about how the Windsor Framework will work, how it will benefit all communities of, of Northern Ireland, how it will benefit businesses in Northern Ireland, how it makes Northern Ireland's place in the Union uh, that bit safer for the, uh, for the coming future, uh, you know, uh, how it works with the Belfast Good Friday Agreement, which it absolutely does. They are the right questions to ask. So I, I don't see that as a, an act of political bravery. I, that's what I would expect my politicians to do. And that's the Northern Secretary, uh, Chris Heaton-Harris. Uh, so finally, Sean, the White House tomorrow for Leah Varadkar. What else is on the agenda for his trip? Yes, as I mentioned, a big event this morning with Hillary Clinton where he is meeting the women involved in the Good Friday Agreement. He's got a, a lunch then later on today with Joe Kennedy III, the, obviously the special envoy to Northern Ireland, which should be particularly interesting. And he's hosting then a reception, a St. Patrick's Day reception tonight at the embassy. And then tomorrow, the big day, really, breakfast with Kamala Harris, the, the vice president in the Naval Observatory, then over for his bilateral meeting with Joe Biden and on to a lunch in Capitol Hill with Speaker McCarthy. And it's, it's an interesting one this year because every year that I've been at the in the past, there's been a very clear ask for a long time. It was Brexit, where they were trying to get the year of Donald Trump on it. Uh, there was last year, it, it was going into the, the war in Ukraine, or as the likes of visas for the Irish expats, for the undocumented Irish, have featured very heavily. And while they're all going to be sort of there, thereabouts, a lot of the tone of this trip from the Taoiseach seems to be to the US, look, let's just stay the course here. Let's not, you know, not forget that there is a, a 
big war going on in Ukraine that we can't just pull any of our commitments and encouraging Joe Biden to, to stick with that. He had a quote yesterday uh, about when the US walks away from something, basically that's when the real trouble begins. And also to stay the course with the likes of Irish uh, investment, 70 billion euro last year, FDI from America was to our Irish economy. Very, very important to keep that going, particularly as companies like Meta and the big uh, tech companies are shedding jobs. So it's sort of a strange one. And we, we Rishi Sunak nearly stole his thunder a little bit by announcing the visit to Ireland and Northern Ireland. So I'm sure we'll hear more about that from Joe Biden and, and how much he cannot wait to visit his own homeland. Sean Defoe, our political correspondent. Sean, thank you very much for joining us live from Washington. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.